You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Run It Back. Welcome back to another episode of Run It Back. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton, and join with me is none other than John The Shake Grove. And I know, y'all, it's been a minute. I'm, it's been a minute since I've been on. It's been Christmas break. There wasn't a whole lot of basketball before the ladies started going into conference play. And damn it, I was literally sick for the entire month of December, and I y'all could not tell. But your girl is good now, and your girl is back, and back to talk some more K-State women's basketball with John over here. John, we we've been we look, we knew we knew what could happen. We we talked about this in the offseason. We talked about this as soon as the exhibition games was shut and closed, packed them up quickly and all the way through non-conference with the tough games against Iowa twice, going up against North Carolina, going up against Wisconsin, going up some pretty good teams and coming out with a dub. K-State, 15 and 1 on the season so far. Their best start in, I want to say, 16 years, if I did that math correctly. Last time K-State has had, a, has had this start, 15-1 and one start to the season, it was the 2008-2009 season. Long-ass time. I don't know if I did the, did the math right because obviously you, I think it's- piggyback in between two different years, but that's a long time, John. I, I think he did do the map right. I think 15, 16 years, if you're looking back to 2008, 2009. But uh, uh, my gosh, uh, math to the side, my goodness, this team has just shattered all expectations to this point. They improved to 15 and 1, but for the first time under head coach Jeff Mitty as well. Uh, you know, it's the best start for K-State since the opening of uh, 2008. Wait, I believe they were 15-1 and one at the time as well, and they improved to 15-1. and one. Now you're looking, now you're staring down the road of several Big 12 games, and, I mean, we could be looking at potentially the best, the best start in school history for that matter as well. So, I mean, the, the, the there's potential on the roster to do it, just with the overall, the overall dip that this K-State team has. Uh, when you want to talk about the likes of Ayoka Lee, Serena Sundell, Gabby uh, Gabby Gregory, Jalen Glenn, several of those players, and and Bell, that's just that's just like right off the tip of the iceberg. It's just so much you you gotta love with this team. Um, just just continuing to hit their strides. They beat Iowa and Iowa City. They beat North Carolina. They smashed Wisconsin. They throttled Missouri and St. Joseph's. They're all, and then and then on top of that, they're on a nine game win streak as well. So. Just a lot of excitement in the air for this women's basketball team at the moment. And it's the way that they've been able to do it. Like you, like John, like you and I both listed and also throttling Mizzou and St. Joseph a couple weeks ago. Like they're, they, I, I had to, I had to look through. I had to look through. They are literally top 10 in so many categories right now. They're fourth nationally in scoring defense. They're second nationally only behind South Carolina, who's the number one team in the country right now in field goal defense. They're 10th nationally in blocks per game, 10th nationally in defensive and offensive rebounds, second in opponent three-point percentage. Bro, they're cooking. They are literally cooking. Damn. And like I said, they're they're dominating these teams that they've, you know, that they've played so far, obviously outside of 
you know, Iowa, but, you know, it's Iowa. And on the season so far, we're one and one. A lot of teams will take that, you feel me? And just coming off of the win against UCF, they're starting the conference season with pretty much all, all the newbies outside of a BYU before getting into the real meat and cheese of their conference, in my opinion. But with their win against UCF, it just talks about the depth of this team because that was even like Yoki, she had what, 12 points, six boards. You know, like for a lot of for a lot of players, that's a that's a good day. But all American, you know, she's getting like 20 point double doubles, whatever. And I know a couple of years ago, that might not have been a game that case Tate won. But when Yoki can, like, can literally get 12.6 boards and you still beat a team by what, 16 points, and that's the closest any team has come to, to Kate, to being like to close score wise to K State, mm-hmm. literally since losing to Iowa the second time around. That's showing the depth of this team because you had Serena Sundell, she scored 22 points. Uh, you had Jalen Glenn, who just offensively has just seems to come alive this season in so many different ways. She was 100% from the field, 7 for 7, scoring 16 points. And she also had, I think, what, four steals that game as well, pretty much doing what she typically does. And then, of course, Aoki Lee scoring 12 points, and you still beat a, you know, a fairly good UCF team, 72 to 56. Like, physically, like, this might be the toughest team that K-State has played so far this season. But this is just showing that even then, there's, there's not a whole lot that other teams can do to really slow down this K-State team. Well, on top of that as well, you want to talk about several uh, records that have been shattered, uh, most most notably by Oakley. We've seen several Wildcats breaking several records uh, throughout this season. Um, and that, that paid into dividends against UCF as well. Serena Sundell, she notched a personal season high, 22 points, 10, for, 10 of 14 for, sh- for shooting. Um, that, that helped her surpass the 1,000-point mark in her total against UCF, I believe she became the 45th player in school history as well. So uh, a really good load uh, of history for this women's basketball team in regards to uh, a lot of high shooting production for that matter as well. Um, it looked like as if, uh, it looked as if Aoka Lee was going to be on the uh, triple-double watch for, for a little bit, especially kind of towards the first half. Uh, I mean, she 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 uh, scored 12 points in the game, six rebounds, a season high seven block shots as well. See, at least seven blocks were the second most by a Big 12 player this season as well. But I do want to go back to to uh, AMS is not as uh, relating to the Houston uh, to the UCF game by by all means. But you want to talk about how physical, how just how controlling this this K State this K State team is. You want to go back to the Houston game. In the last 18 minutes, K-State outs- they, they limited Houston to three field goals, and they outscored them 41-9. to 41-9. I mean, he, that, I mean, of course everybody's going to be looking at, oh, it's, it's the gap goat. Oh, of course, it's, it's, the, it's the fantastic gap goat, in which also if you want to look up Twitter right now, uh, and Gabby Gregory, she found out the uh, 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 the, the, the the clothing for the goat and, and the plush animal itself, uh, for that matter as well. So if you want to go get a goat, you want to check that out. Um, but uh, I mean, this defense is legit, incredibly legit. Um, it is just unbelievable to see how this team is able to uh, just make one stop after another, and they're able to take every opportunity, every 
every advantage to capitalize uh, on, on several of those big plays. And it's and it's crazy because I was doing a little bit of more math than I know. Me and my math is horrible, but trust me on this. I think I got this math right. Case like K State opponents are literally averaging twelve points per quarter. Like 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 that's that's literally it. I usually the I ha, like I had to look at it. Opponents are their their best quarter is the first quarter, and I know I I guess I guess if you had to look at it, K State's first quarter is their worst quarter. Yeah. Considering, like, you know, second, third, and fourth, that's when they, especially second and third, that's when they really get to ragdolling people, essentially. Because I know even, like, even specifically, opponents score, like, the least amount of points in the second quarter. They score 10.5 points. That's, that's the entire, the entire 10 minutes. They won a one point a minute. That's, that's, that's how much, that's how much opponents are getting in the second quarter against this K-State defense. That's that's abysmal, especially when you get to at least two points a basket, right? <laughs> like from a field goal, you feel me? It's it's suffocating. It is it is legitimately suffocating what they are doing to opponents. And these are still like really good teams. I don't I don't necessarily know what UCF where they will finish towards the end of the year. Obviously, it's a new team. This is a really really tough conference, but I don't think adding UCF will make it any easier. And same thing goes with Cincinnati and Houston, who K-State once again, you know, packed up fairly quickly. But UCF, I think, like, so far, they've been one of the physically toughest teams that they have played so far this season. At least that's what it looks like it. I also understand that the refs called one moving screen the entire game, and that does help the, the UCF offense when I was watching. But it was a really it was a really physical game. And this is, the, like, the smallest margin of victory that K-State has essentially had outside Outside of your, you know, ranked teams against North uh, North Carolina and obviously Iowa, they were, I think they were in what, within 16 points, right? That was one of the few games to where UCF actually played really, really well in the second quarter, or actually not in the second quarter. In the third quarter, they played really well. They actually outscored K-State in the third quarter, and the third quarter has actually been K-State's best quarter so far this season. They've averaged 22 points in the third quarter K-State has coming out of halftime. And so, but this is, that's something that I think that they need because there's always a like a moment here and there so far in conference so like yeah they're packing them up fairly decently but it's still not easy it's, it's that reminder like this is like yeah they've done really good in the non-conference they packed up so many teams in the non-conference even though you're getting I guess a might be bottom of the barrel of the conference now there's still moments here and they're like okay yeah we can learn from this we, we saw how uh, was it Houston was guarding inbounds passes that K-State was doing underneath the basket. What do they do? They give it to a Yoko Lee just out, like just right next to the three-point line, and then she hands it off to, let's say, Terrence Sides coming around her. That that was guarded fairly well against um, against Houston. Then, of course, you see what UCF was doing was just throwing a whole lot of essentially screens at the top of the key offensively to slow down the K-State defense, and, it, and essentially, like, it worked. That's some of those things that I think Coach Mini is probably going to you know, look at and utilize because UCF, like, like they're not like they're not a bad team. They're a young team, and K State's experience really helped with that. And that's the thing that this is going to something to be growing every single game because it gets real hard after this, John. Oh it yeah, real real hard. Oklahoma last year, Oklahoma team was really 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 good. I understand they lost a lot of pieces, but obviously it's still it's still Oklahoma. Then then after that. Then after that is my God, you've got Texas, you have Baylor, you have K 
Kansas. You have, I think, TCU as well. I want to completely double-check that part of it. But the teams that you got after that, yeah, you got Oklahoma, then Texas, TCU, KU, then Baylor. My God, you are not going to get a chance to bring, but that's just Big 12 basketball for you. Oh, that's just, I mean, you're right. It's its going to be a dogfight all night. And similar to men's basketball as well. I mean, if you're not on your A game, it may come back to bite you. Um, it's going to be a tough stretch coming I, uh, coming up. I also do want to point out as well, uh, K-State has now won nine straight games. Plus, they haven't allowed 60 points in all nine of those games either. 37 against Jackson State, 39 against McNeese, 56 against Missouri. The closest team that was on the verge of scoring 60 was Oral Roberts, and K-State won 102-59. I mean, this team has just been completely dominant all along. Um, it is just, it, I mean, they have just been the ultimate force to be reckoned with. And now we're seeing the results. It, we're seeing the results translate to what should be the rankings because for whatever reason, uh, the, 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 the polls still have K-State outside of the top 10. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. I don't necessarily know why that happens to be the case, uh, but we're just going to let it slide uh, because a women's basketball team they still have a lot of opportunities to continue to proving their postseason resume as well. And it really starts on Wednesday against Oklahoma. I mean, look, I mean, and this, is, if this goes for the K-State fans. Uh, uh, this goes to all the K-State fans out there. They're number 11 in the nation. There should be more of a handful of people at, at, at games, all right? I understand it's going to be, it, it's going to be a Wednesday night, but, I mean... Come on, we got we got to be better than this, K State fans. We got to be better. Show up in Bramwich Coliseum on Wednesday, 6 p.m. I mean, how many more opportunities are we going to see Oyoka Lee thrash Oklahoma? Honestly, John, you are so right. I had to, and when you brought that up, I know we're going to get to a break in just a second, but when you brought that up, I had to look. K State is ranked six right now in attendance, where we average 3,464 people. Okay, and I guess all right. But let me let me just show you how many people show up for Iowa State. Ten thousand and ten people on average show up for their home games. Texas gets over six thousand. Texas takes over five thousand. Baylor gets almost five thousand as well. The Oklahoma they get almost four thousand. Then there's K State with three thousand four hundred and sixty-four. Look, I can't I can't go to these games anymore because I don't live I don't live in Manhattan. I live in Columbia, Missouri. I live three and a half hours away now. If I could go to every single one of these games, especially how they play it right now, I promise you, I promise you I would, but I can't. So I'm going to need all of y'all to at least help assist that out and do it for me because this is like, this is some history that we're, that we're witnessing right now. Not only with the Yoko League being one of the best players in the entire country, just this team overall on what they're going, like what they are capable of doing. Like another banner can be up in Bramwich Coliseum because of this K-State women's basketball team, and y'all need to show up for them, because I can't be there to do it. Oh, show up. Show they, up. they have put in the work. They deserve it. Show some damn respect. That part. Put that on a damn t-shirt. Do it. But now I got to go into quick break, quick break, all right, because we have a really, really special guest coming on the other side of it. But first and foremost, we got to give a shout-out to Home Field Apparel, please, Get your shirts. I got this shirt on right now that I got from homefieldapparel.com. Get your shirts, get your hoodies, get your hats, get whatever you feel like you might want to get. Homefield Apparel will get it for you. All right, we'll be right back on Running Back. 
Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Run It Back. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton. And the very special guest that I have with me today is none other than K-State women's basketball head coach, Jeff Mitty. Man, I know I know you probably heard at least a little bit of what we were talking about just before we headed into break, but this team... This team is something. This team is something serious. We see it. I obviously you see it because you see it every single day. And I know we're gonna get a little bit more into that as well. But before we do that, I guess we gotta talk about at least the last game with UCF. Just I guess talk a little bit to me about about UCF and about that game because at least it looked like from my couch, probably that they were looked like the physically toughest team, one of the physically toughest team that you guys have played so far this season. Yeah, you know, they, they had a lot of similarities to North Carolina in terms of their physical capabilities. Uh, guards with uh, a good quickness, good explosiveness. Uh, bigs with uh, good, thick, strong physical bodies, willing, uh, athletic enough to, to, to move. And so, yeah, it was a, a good test. They've been a good defensive team all year. Offensively, like a lot of teams, the more shots you make, the better your offense looks. But they run some good stuff, and... Um, you saw them knock some threes down in the second half off of a lot of their actions that they run. So um, it was a good win for us, good solid. I like I like the fact that we played from in front. Uh, you know, we went in there right away and uh, got an early lead, kept the lead, kept expanding the lead, and then had the good push uh, right before half to go into the halftime with uh, somewhere around a 20-point lead. So uh, good, good performance by our group. And also, I guess, what does it mean to be able to have the type of contribution from not as obviously not just the Aoka Lee show, like I guess, you know, in years past it was you getting contribution from literally everybody. You get Serena Sundell getting 22 points. You get, I think, Jalen Glenn getting perfect from the field, seven for seven and her scoring 16 points and just overall contribution from everybody, especially in a game like this and not just the, the rest of the season. Yeah, well, that's been a big key to our team been a big key to our team all year long in the in the sense that uh our depth has been very good but uh our scoring uh you know you look at our bench you've got a Zy Walker who can put up points you've got Gisela Sanchez that can put up points you got Taryn Sides that can put up points and then as you mentioned the starters that whether it be Gabby Gregory or Serena or Briley or Jay um we've got pretty good scoring across the board so you know that was the game plan you know, and trying to surround Lee with more scoring. And, um, you know, so far we've, uh, I think the offense is getting better. I, I still think that uh, there is a uh, a good growth uh, that can still occur here over the next couple months, but uh, we get a little bit better every experience. All right. And also, Coach, I guess to really get into it, you've, you've had some pretty good seasons here at K-State, but does this one feel different to you? Well, I, I think what I'll, I'll say this, um, what felt different was back in June when we got the group together, just the work ethic that uh, they were putting in. And of course, at that time, Lee was still not even really close to coming back. She was in, oh, probably, well, I can't even remember, but not, definitely non-contact, definitely half or definitely in 20 second spurts but what we could see was just the work ethic that they were putting in outside of the time we got in in there so you know 
that has been different because in the past we've had good work ethic, we've had good culture, but generally that has been three or four players. This was way different. This was come in on a Saturday night at eight o'clock to grab something out of the office and two or three players shooting, come back that same morning. I, you know, I could go in right now um, after this interview, I'm going into the office and it wouldn't shock me if we've got three or four in there shooting um, because that's been the work ethic that started way back in the first of June. Who has been, I guess, spearheading this work ethic to kind of inspire other players to get into the gym with them? Well, ironically, I don't think it has been one player. I think it has been just a collective group that wants to get better. And that has been the unique thing. When you say what feels different, it just feels different that, uh, the entire roster is uh, working hard. There is nobody that is dragging uh, people down. Um, it, it really is everybody. And, and sometimes it's not the gym. I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, Aoka Lee has to work, you know, rehab a lot, uh, just continual. We've got players that fit that category. Gabby's been banged up. She's got to work in the training room. So it may not be getting up shots, but in the weight room with Lane. Um, this group has been consistent, and um, I reference it a lot that, um, you know, people will ask, you know, way back before we were ranked, you know, sh should, shouldn't you guys be talked about more? And I said, you know, I don't really need anybody else's validation and know that we've got a good team. I don't need anybody else telling me we've got a good team. I see it every day. I see it in their work ethic. I see it in their improvement. Um, so while it's nice to be ranked, I'm not even, I don't even care about the top 10. Um, those things will all shake out and how people view us. Um, I really don't care. All right. Honestly, I'm, I'm also like one ring really loud. Like, why are they not in the top 10? But Hey, I'm not worried about it. If you're not worried about well, it, there's no reason for me to. Well, that's your guy's job, you know, and, and that's your guy's job to talk about who should be and, and all that stuff. But my job is to make sure they get better tomorrow in practice. And that's the part that's controllable for me. And uh, we know that um, there are games. Hey, the Big 12 is as good as it's been. And, and uh, we, we had a great non-conference. The league had a great non-conference. So there are so many opportunities to um, – um, uh, play against quality competition and win against quality competition that it'll all shake out in the end. Of course. And you were talking about work ethic. Um, that's one of the things that just feels different about this team. What have, is there something that you have done differently as a coach this season? Well, you know, it, it was interesting because uh, going back to June, normally I would say things like, you know, everybody ought to be getting up X amount of shots and I would try to lead them to water. And I sensed that that was it was a motivated group even before they showed up on campus. And so I, I didn't do that. I waited. I told the staff, I said, we're not going to try to lead them to water. I want to see if, uh, you know, the, the old saying of motivation is easy if you have a bunch of self, self-motivated players and, and teams. And that's true. That's true. And um, so I've never put a number on them. Um I've had to remind them like you do everybody that, um, you know, with success, that can go one of two ways. People feel like they've made it and they can stop doing the things that got them there or success can drive you to do more. And, um, you know, uh, I've been pleased that, um, we 
continue to do the same things that we were doing back in June that have made us successful to this point. All right. And so you, we, I guess you touched on it a little bit before talking about, you know, Serena, talking about Jalen and Riley. I guess talk about their like evolution because obviously these are definitely not the same players that we saw, you know, their freshman year. And already these are completely different players from what we saw last year on how they've been able to improve. Talk to me about their evolution as players. Well, I think it's, it starts with work ethic. But it also, you have to have an intelligence about the game and about how to work because, you know, that allows you to um, get better. And then you've also got to be a humble person and that you've also got to be okay with having your flaws and be okay because a lot of players want to work on things they're good at. And if you're going to be a, a player that progresses, and you're going to move up on the scouting report, then other teams are going to move you up and 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 defend you better. And I would say that both ends of the floor. This is a smarter. It's it's a smart group. Um, I just need to help them and um, um, and help them in terms of hey, this is what you can get better at. Here's how we need to attack this. This is an area that you can get better. Here's how we need to attack this. And then their drive to be really, really good is what separates them from a lot of players. And so I guess defensively, because everybody everybody knows about the gap code. The gap code is essentially the darling of, of Manhattan right now. <laughs> but outside of the, although the obvious worth ethic that this team is showing day in and day out, defensively, that's that seems to be y'all's bread and butter right now. So what was the difference defensively this year that you guys are doing compared to last year? Well, I, I think personnel, we've got better personnel. Um, and, and you know, it, it starts with getting Lee back where you have an anchor in the middle that can defend and not just block shots, but, but make people feel like she's going to block every shot, you know, alter shots. We have a stat of altered shots. And, and so, um, and then I think the addition of Zai Walker and Gisela Sanchez have given us a, a 6'3 kid. Zai Walker gives us another player that defends on the ball like Jalen Glenn does. So if Jay comes out of the game, Zai fills that role if they're both in the game at the same time. And then our man-to-man -man defense way back in June, we really spent a lot of time on on building that, not not just building the physical things that it takes to be good, but the, the mentality that, that we could be one of the best defenses in the country. We could have that and building that mentality. And that's kind of how the gap goat got going was that it wasn't some crazy mascot. It was um, our gap man-to-man -man defense. We started emphasizing that with some drills in the summer and what I noticed was that our enthusiasm the players loved it they loved the challenge they loved the competition and when we got to the fall and we got to the early part of practice you know I talked to the team about or I talked to our captains Gabby um, Yoki and Serena and I just said you know Football has their things that they celebrate, turnover chain, offensive line pancakes. Um, Major League Baseball has the home run celebrations in the dugout. I said, you guys come up with something defensively for our gaps, and um, they come up with this uh, goat. 
and uh, uh, they've had a lot of fun with it. And then, you know, now our fans are starting to catch on. And so, yeah, that's been fun. But uh, that started way back in June, the mentality to be a really good defensive team. And I guess to still piggyback on that as far as like also to add the, I guess the additions of the young players that you got, such as, you know, Terrence Sides and Zana Walker, and especially defensively when you're talking about Zai, I know like, my like my first like impression of her defensively is when you had her on Caitlin Clark the first time K State played um, Iowa in Iowa City this um, this season because honestly I thought it was just gonna be it's gonna be Jalen Clinton's assignment like girl don't do anything else but do your best like to lock her up but then I saw that you had Zion on her to, like to pretty much like to start the game almost so I guess like talk about your confidence in her and what you saw early on to make you so confident that yeah this is this is gonna be her job. Just did our drill work, you know, uh, when we were doing stations and we were looking to develop defensive stoppers, my staff kept coming to me because I kept asking the question because we were in station work. So I had one station and, and everybody, and I would ask my staff of Coach Halliburton and Coach Falco, who's got the mentality? And, and Zy Walker's name kept coming back to me. Uh, Briley Glenn's name kept coming back to me. Jay was obviously somebody. So, you know, just in developing that. And then, you know, uh, when we went into Iowa City, and one of the things we blacked is we blacked another one like Jay because getting Jay off that player sometimes because she's such a great anticipator off the ball, I think has been critical to, to us being really good defensively. So, um, yeah, I mean, we saw it, we saw it early. We saw it early. I wouldn't say right away with Zai because, you know, she came in and she was kind of feeling her way through, but I would say by mid July, we started to feel like she might have that capability. She had the mentality. She was growing. She was working hard and, and, uh, we could start to see it. And I guess also to still on the topic of these young players, Karen sides, like, I feel like she, like outside of the gap goat. She's another darling child for K-State women's basketball, at least for all of the fans. 73 assists, 18 turnovers in 18 minutes so far this season. Did you know that she's going to be such a contributor as a true freshman so early in the season? Yeah, we we really did. We really did. We thought that, that uh, she had uh, – we thought, one, that we needed to be able to move Serena off the ball more. So we felt like that uh, – but, but in watching Taryn, we thought that she had um, – the ability to one help us, good ball handler, good vision, um, unselfish, um, very coachable, coaching family. We also wanted to improve our shooting. So just in natural getting her on the floor because she's such a great shooter, we wanted to get her on the floor. And early in a, a point guard's career, getting her on the floor with another point guard, um, we've been able to do that some. And I think that alleviates some pressure. But um we did. We felt like she would contribute right away. She had a great um, summer of AAU basketball uh, the summer before she came. She finished that up with a good senior year, so we felt pretty confident that she could come in. Um, we knew that she had the uh, intelligence. Um, she rarely makes the same mistake twice. And, uh, and then what our fans have really enjoyed seeing is kind of the swagger that she – She's just such a quiet, humble kid, but you see her at Iowa, tell Aoka, I got this, or I got you, 
And then you see some of the passes that she's made. Um, yeah, she's got a little bit more in there that uh, you don't always see it, but uh, it comes out at the right moments. I tell you, the, the, the one time, the first time where I knew I'm like, oh, yeah, she might be one of them ones in a couple of years was when she pulled up a lo logo three in Iowa City, knowing that th that is yeah. like that. That's that's Caitlin Clark's thing. Like that's that's how that's how she's going to make her bread. And that's how she is currently making her bread is doing that shot to do that. True freshman in that environment. Sitting on my couch, I was, I want to say I was speechless, but bro, I was hyped. I was, I was yelling. I know my neighbors were probably complaining, but they just don't understand exactly what I witnessed at that point in time. That true freshman. Sis was in high school literally a couple of months ago. And yeah. probably one of these, like, I guess not scary, but one of the most intimidating places to play and to do that. And then, of course, later on in the game, which you talked about with the free throw, free throw shots to essentially help put this game away at, at that point in time in the game. It's it's incredible in this job that you're able to do with building and adding these new players with Zai, with Terrence Zai, obviously Gisela Sanchez, who I think is going offensively is going to get even better throughout the season. Of course, you already know this, but how can you continue to build towards the future? Even though I get the season is still young, a lot of things can happen, but this is a conference that's going to add Utah, that's going to add Colorado, and Arizona has, has had some success. They were in the Final Four just a few years ago, and of course, Arizona State, this conference is going to get so much tougher. How can you continue to build off this season and towards the future with the players that you have and players that you're going to recruit? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, continuing to uh, have that culture of work ethic. It's continuing to, um, in today's environment, you got to retain your players. You've also got to recruit players. You've got to provide them with, uh, you know, you guys were talking when I came on and uh, uh, was in uh, – uh, was able to listen, but you were talking about the fans, um, you know, yeah, everything matters. Uh, the fans can really help us win, you know, give us that home court advantage. They can help us a lot. They, they, um, our student section is so good and make such a difference. And, um, um, yeah, you know, we, uh, um, those, all those things you, you talk about, um, continuing a program and not just having a season, um, you know, we've had really, really good seasons here, but um, more people need to know about Kansas State and uh, more people are getting to know about our athletic program because of some of the things that uh, our other programs are doing. So we've got a lot of really, really good things, but, um, you know, recruiting, um, you have to do it every day. You have to do it every day. You've got to be showing people, you've got to be showing players and families why this is a great place. And um, we have to tell that story every day. All right. Coach B, that's really all the questions I have for you. Is there anything else that you'd like to let add or for like K-State fans to know? Oh, Jasmine, we got to get you back to Manhattan. I mean, we got to get... <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, I'm ready to come back. I'm ready to come back. Around all these Mizzou fans, I'm scared. I can't even, I can't wear this shirt outside of my apartment. I'm ready felt, to come back. I felt like I was at Mizzou uh, yesterday with the uh, UCF colors. Um they, they, they've got the uh, the black and old gold going on in their arena but um, now it um, now I'm excited about I'm excited about the growth of our team I'm excited you know I think Lee gets better every day it's it's easy to forget that Lee's only uh, um, 16 games back after the knee injury that's an easy thing to forget it's easy to forget that Gisela was out last year. Zai didn't play so this team still has a lot of areas that we can get better 
And uh, so uh, I'm excited to get back on the floor in practice tomorrow because that's really where, um, you know, this team has shown that they come in and put the work in. So it should be a great rest of the uh, college basketball season. We're excited about it. Well, Coach, thank you so much for hopping on the show with me today, talking a little ball, talking about the really, really good team that you have in Manhattan right now. And I promise you, if I can come back down for a moment, I will do so. But All we'll right. Be right back here on Running Back Coach. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Run It Back. Man, that was a really, really awesome interview that I just had with Coach Minnie. I, I knew it was going to be a good interview. It's been a minute since I talked to him. Last time I talked to him was after they won a game for the WNIT at home when I was doing sideline stuff, so it was good to talk with him again. But, John, after hearing that interview, now we know what's fully, like, what's different about this team, and it's just purely the work ethic and what he's done to kind of step back I'd be like that. That can carry. That can carry. Because oh. we talked about, like, as we talked about, obviously, right now, what they're doing stat-wise, they 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 should they they should be a top ten team. I know Coach Vinny's not worried about that, but he said it's our job too. So, all right, I'm gonna hold him to that. They should be they should be a top ten team. Are you ranked top ten in so many of these categories and still not top ten? But once again, I digress and get to the point. The future of this team is that boom work ethic. It's already being distilled in the young players such as Karen Size, Anna Walker, and Gisela Sanchez, and the other players who are, I guess, currently uh, redshirting. So that's another thing. But this is something that can carry towards the future, John, and I'm very excited about that. I mean, you 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 had a right on the spot, Jasmine. But, I mean, you're seeing – you're just seeing the development of this team taking place. Just but the more amount of practice and the more amount of development that you're able to take, we're, we're, we're seeing the growth. Uh, just completely evolved right in front of us to what is expected to be now a a a a, a potentially a top ten team in which like I mean you I mean Jeff Mitty just mentioned right off the bat like he's not gonna pay attention to it. Meanwhile, us for media, uh, we will be critiquing every every ranking out there possible. But uh, um, you know, it, it's going and it, it, it only gets even more exciting, more anticipating. Just to see, not 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 just to see, but ranking, not not just for ranking uh, next to your name, but just to see the the product that you have 
to go along with a ranking as well. And I think, for that matter, we're seeing it with Jeff Mitty's squad in K-State as we approach more deep into conference play. The competition's only going to get more difficult with Oklahoma coming to town on Wednesday. Maybe not the same Oklahoma team as we've been accustomed to seeing throughout the past few years, but make no such about it. It's going to be difficult. Uh, and then, of course, you got Texas. That's going to be one of the bigger ones on Saturday as well. So it's going to be a tough stretch. Of course, you got TCU on the road. We'll see how they're able to respond after the two-game home swing as well. So it's going to be very, very intriguing, very exciting to see what plays out uh, throughout the next few weeks. It's going to be like... I don't don't I don't know if I want to fully throw out the word crucial just because we know how difficult this conference is and probably just like men's basketball like you said earlier this really might be the toughest conference mm-hmm. in, like in the NCAA big to like big 12 might be literally the toughest conference in both men's and women's basketball so if you drop a second a game or two I don't know that's that's not that's not going to put you completely like out of any sort of contention for anything. That's why I don't know if I want to say crucial, crucial for this point in the season just yet when we are going into a tough part of our conference with Texas, with TCU, with Kansas, and with uh, with Baylor. But, but, if, oh. if they're able to, like, obviously these, these, these games are not going to be easy. No, none of these games are going to be easy. You know this. But if they're able to handled a business because maybe yeah, I don't know they may, will they average 70 80 points during that stretch honestly probably not I'd be pleasantly surprised if they did but will they at this point in the season maybe not but defense travels this defense, travel. this defense travels home away neutral it does it does not matter it yeah. truly doesn't matter and if you can show your defensive prowess in the toughest arena in the country in Iowa City, there's no reason that that can't that can't travel anywhere else in the country, and I think we we've, we've seen that. But I, yeah. I I talked to you. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. It travels and it also wins championships. Defense wins championships. That's just a little nugget. Just a little nugget to rinse the wall. It every like everybody knows this. Like sure, if your your offense averages, I think we averaged just under seventy points a game last time I checked. Might be like sixty eight. 60, yeah, 68 point something points per game. But when you're still able to outscore your opponents by 20, because you have like your opponents average 50 points, the only other team that could get up that was anywhere over 50, 60 points was Iowa the second time around. They scored 77. And even then, that's very, that's not the best for them offensively. This next few games. With Oklahoma, you know, assuming they get the job done and get it, it's not the the Oklahoma that we saw last year. They lost a lot of pieces, you know, grad people graduating and everything. But this is a moment to where Texas, unfortunately, they lost Rory Harmon for the season. Rory Harmon, like the like college basketball as a whole, is better with Rory Harmon in it. She preseason Big Saul Player of the Year, lost for the season for the Texas Longhorns, which is huge, and you you really hate to see it. You hate to see because if K State is is like that, like you think they are, beating a fully healthy Texas team, that's going to, in my opinion, that's going to move them top five. Forget top ten, that's going to move them top five, right? But unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. Texas is still a good team. Texas is not just one player. 
essentially like you know other teams are in the past would it be me would it be disrespectful if i say like iowa state or iowa maybe maybe not but they are essentially a one person team okay we we've seen that they they're a one person team i uh caitlin clark is iowa basketball is iowa women's basketball it's her mm-hmm. and texas is not like that they have a lot of players they have a lot of good players in a lot of different positions but still losing roy Harmon is is huge is huge for them and of course tcu is actually a Kind of a kind of a surprise. TCU is not in that top four contention about who could win the Big Twelve, but TCU, new head coach, they dove into the transfer portal and got a lot of really really good players. Actually, one of the players that was leading the conference in scoring, her name was um, her name is Sedona Prince. She's out indefinitely right now with I think a broken finger for yeah, TCU, broken finger. Uh, like a broken finger. So right, who knows how long she's going to be out for. It's not the whole season, but she's might be out for a long time. That's still that's another. I don't. I feel like opportunity is the wrong word for it, but it's still putting K State in a better position. God willing, all of our like God willing, they stay healthy to be able to really solidify themselves more than we thought they would in the Big Twelve Conference. Would you say increase their their chances is a better way of saying it then maybe no i'm trying to say it without trying to be a butthole about it because i'm definitely not okay. <laughs> like i'm like because you hate you hate to see these injuries you like, hate i i, I i'm in i'm in agreement there i don't want to jinx anything or anything about it but um uh yeah and one other thing you kind of want to mention as well is just something that that's kind of evolved with this women's basketball team because you mentioned uh, several of these teams, like they have a the one player, they have a one player aspect, and everybody else. And then you, uh, and Caitlin Clark in Iowa. I mean, you look at Texas with the amount of weapons that they're able to use uh, offensively. It's kind of interesting to think about because K State grew up the past two years. It's been kind of the same pattern because you had a local Lee yeah. who dominated the Big Twelve, of course, with the sixty-one point record against Oklahoma. Um, she was really, but she was the one that was stealing the show for, for this women's basketball team. Then she's out for one year and now, and then we got to see a lot more development in terms of scoring with the likes of Serena Sundell, Gabby Gregory, Jalen Glenn. And now we're seeing a, co- a, a combination, a culmination of both of them taking place. And, and, and so far it's, it's like, it's like very impressive so far. It's like very impressive so far. It's looked incredibly impressive. So because if they're if they're able to get this job done, because right now the leader of the Big Twelve is Baylor, but no no if ands buts about it. They're the ones. They're still healthy. They were able to to beat Texas at Texas TCU. They are honestly they like they were they were pretty close with Baylor for the first half of their game. Uh, yesterday it wasn't yesterday. It might have been the day before yesterday. I don't know. Day what, was it Baylor and TCU? Yeah, Baylor Baylor and TCU. I they were really close, and then Baylor pulled away in the second half. It might have been a few days ago. I remember Baylor's opening. They were opening up their new arena yeah. uh, for. I, I, it, it, I think it was for a men's game, but the women's game against TCU was was the day after that. So I don't know. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a nice arena, though. Uh, oh no, it looks it looks really nice. I'm really glad that at least one piece of construction is done through Waco because my God, <laughs> that place, that place. But I digress. Okay. I Angus is beautiful. Uh, everything else about it, it's mad. Yeah, it's it's mad. But still, we digress. We digress. Don't come after us, Waco Baylor fans. I doubt y'all will if y'all want the smoke. But once again, that's besides the point. All right. But right now, Baylor is essentially 
they're they're the top of the Big 12 right now. I'd have to say they're the ones undefeated. They're the ones still at full strength outside of us. I know Kansas is in that that meat and cheese portion of our schedule at the moment too. Unfortunately, Kansas have been a little bit of a disappointment this season so far after coming off a WNIT win. They were preseason third uh, in the Big 12 rankings. They've dropped to, uh, I don't know what they've dropped to so far there, but they're nine. I think they're nine and five on the season. Uh, I don't remember what they were ranked at the start of the season. I'm, I'm pretty sure they were ranked at the start of the season. You don't win, win the WNIT and not get ranked the following season. I don't, I don't care who, who, who you are right now. Um, but yeah, right now they are... Oh, actually, they're a little bit worse than I thought. They're not nine and five. They're seven and seven. They're currently ranked bottom of the Big Twelve, so that is fairly disappointing. So for us to start for KU season when this they're they they're brought all I think they brought majority if not all of their players back from that WNIT run, but unfortunately, and I know Nick, our producer, who is a KU fan, he's saying me that yeah they stink. He was checking for me. I'm sorry, bro. It's still, it's still, y'all still trying to, it's the toughest conference and anything can happen. Anything can happen. But still, it's this team that we got to stick with K-State right now. Then they have, like, actually, he's adding more stuff for me. K-State has, or KU has four starters back, plus the highest rated recruiting history in their all. Oh, oh, man. I will, I will say, I mean, you, you do get the highest recruit uh, on, on your roster. It will take a little bit more time to develop. Yeah, as well. I mean, it's it's not like they're gonna they're gonna shoot right out right out of a right out of the gates like like a, like an Avery Johnson with K State football or something like I I don't know. Time time will tell. Time will. It's hard. Time will tell. It's hard seeing a fr- a freshman that can just really boom take over everything like you see Kaylin Clark do, like you've seen Paige Beckerts do, like you've seen literally every recruiting class almost for South Carolina. It like it takes time. Those those are rare individuals. <laughs> All right, it, those are incredibly rare individuals, but it, it'll be all right, Nick. We're not going. We're not going to crap on KU. Not today. I feel like, like, cause it's like not not today. Like we're not going to crap on them today. When the time comes, the time will come. But today is not that day. But still going on with K State basketball, John. We already talked about it a lot with Coach Mitty. We talked about it before talking with Coach Mitty. Where they land, I know. I was talking about all the teams that they're going to be coming up against now, but statistically wise. K State seems to be the like the most consistent. It's like all the stuff that I was like I wrote down. I'll even like show it right here. I was I was doing I was I was I was googling. <laughs> I I was googling. I was going through the NCAA women's basketball website and all their statistics and everything. That's how I found that K State is ranked fourth nationally in scoring defense. They're number one in the Big Twelve. I've seen a second nationally in field goal defense. Uh, opponents are averaging 31.4 percent that's first in the big 12 they're only behind south carolina nationally and like i said earlier 10th nationally in blocks per game they're second in the big 12 behind tcu but block leader sidonia prince from tcu out indefinitely with that broken figure so that might alter some things later on in the season and then often uh, nationally 10th in defensive and offensive rebounds second in the big 12 first is iowa state Second in opponent three-point percentage. Opponents are shooting booty against K-State women's basketball, 21.7%. And honestly, we're ranked second nationally in that, but I'm going to call us first. You know why I'm going to say that we are first nationally? Because really, NCAA has Campbell first, but, and I'm adding, I'm adding, I'm adding a but to this. 
three less games for Campbell and 64 less three point attempted. All right. And they average and they averaged, I guess, I think 20, 21.7. I think K State averages 21 point, I don't know, a tenth, a tenth less than they do. So, essentially, statistically, number wise, Campbell is first nationally in opponent three point percentage. But after what I just, the point I just found, and doing a little bit more math, like I said, I get it, I'm bad, but I think this is correct. In my eyes, K State is ranked first, number one nationally, and opponents not getting jackedly squat from the perimeter. And 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 on top of that, K State sh- K State's proved it against uh, several more qual- quality teams compared to what we've seen with K- with Campbell. And with all due respect to Campbell, they're playing in a mid-major conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I haven't looked at their schedule or anything like that, but I mean, it's only going to get. I could probably stay up there because they're playing in a in a mid-major conference. Whereas for K State, like we've mentioned already, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit of a gauntlet coming up uh, throughout. But uh, um, it's. It, it, it's just just looking back at several of the stats. I think mean, K State's gonna realize that eventually, and we, I think that honestly, we came to a realization already. Jeff Mitty knows it. I mean, if their defense is for real, I mean, the, these girls have a chance if they're able to continue to apply the pressure, force turnovers, uh, just doing the dang thing in terms of field goal defense points allowed, blocks per game, if they're able to really take control in those narratives, I I, I feel so good about this team's chances uh, head, uh, for the rest of conference play and March, for that matter, too. Oh, you, honestly, easily. Like, I don't want to say easily because I'm not doing anything. I'm not playing. But you know what I mean. But still, the consistency-wise of what I list, at least for top of the Big 12 and also nationally and where we ranked, we're ranking top two, top three, and in a lot of these categories in the Big 12, if we're not ranked number one. But the thing is, whatever team is ranked before us is not is a different team than was ranked before us in a different category. You know what I mean? That's that consistency that I'm trying like that I'm trying to point out that a lot of these teams, like yeah, they're good in this area, yeah, they're good in this area, and yeah, they're good at this area. But K State is literally top three in all of these areas. And that's that consistency that they've been able to show so far this season. And that's the consistency that I think they're going to continue to show because there has been, this defense has never lacked at any point in the season so far. Has never. Never. And we don't expect it to. They, because they don't expect it to. And that's all I got to say. That's really, that's like, that's all I got to say. That's what we know. And that's how I'm going to close out the show. Talking about how, what we already really been new, that this team is fun to watch. And we going to hammer this again. Please show up. Listen to me. Show listen up. to John. Listen show up. You know, works. This the more the, the more the more people in attendance, the more baby gap goats that are in the audience wearing the little K State t shirts and gold chains, the more that this tough team is going to be even tougher. And honestly, I want no mercy when other teams come to Manhattan. No mercy at all. So show up, please. Show up, show up, and and uh, also shout out to the people who are running the Gapco page on Instagram uh, for their beautiful AI drawings. Uh, work. Keep, keep it up; they're doing the Lord's work. Uh, and and like I mentioned, show up, show up, you cowards! It's a big two-game stretch. It's the last time Oklahoma and Texas are playing 
in in Bramwich for women's basketball. So, I mean, if you want, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not foreshadowing things or anything like that. But if you want to see a Yoka Lee <clears throat> possibly score more than sixty one points, uh, 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 oh my gosh, that would be that'd be amazing. Uh, as I as I wipe a fake tear off of my face, that'd be amazing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, show up. I mean, this team has already deserved it. Number 11 in the nation. I mean, Jeff Mitty won't, won't be but one to tell you about it, but we will. Uh, and we're going to heavily emphasize, uh, for you, for all of you to show up, uh, to several women's basketball games, because this is a fun team and it's going to get even more entertaining with several of these teams. Well, well several of the upper big 12 teams coming in to Manhattan for some basketball. Damn straight. And I'm going to have to cut it here. Thank you all so much for listening and watching to run it back. The next time y'all see me next Sunday, it'll be after the Texas game. However that goes is however that goes. Horns down, baby. This will run it back. We'll see y'all again next time. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.